Welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist Podcast, episode 10. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. And we made it. We made it 10 episodes. That was our original commitment to each other, and here we are, after uh, the biggest card of the year so far. The only card of the year so far. Yeah, so the biggest, you know. Also the biggest. And also the smallest. Also kind of the smallest. Uh, So if you heard last week's episode... Uh, you heard that I was pretty bullish about how I think there was a big opportunity and I was optimistic for the card being great. A lot of people were saying that the undercard was just nothing spectacular and I disagreed and I was wrong. <laughs> I don't was, think, yeah, I don't think you were wrong. It was, it was good. It was an okay card, but there was nothing really, I mean, that's what happens. There's nothing that could top Conor McGregor's excitement. It that's what bad. he does. Well, and here's the thing. There were highlights of moments of this person's win, yeah. of that person's win, but you were kind of lulled into yeah. maybe that's what made Connor so wild at the end. Like you were sort of lulled into being comfortable. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens with Connor. And that's what happened to Cowboy. Yeah. Well, and that's what we were talking about last week, too, that everyone was like, is he just too relaxed? You right. Know? Oh, God. Um,. <laughs> we could re- recap a little bit more later uh, when we get to our top five. But uh, if you haven't seen it yet, um, C- Conor McGregor basically finished TKO Cowboy in 40 seconds. Uh, and that's being generous <coughs> because Herb Dean, uh, one of our favorite referees, actually gave Cowboy the leeway to kind of survive. It should have been over in like under 30. Um, but it went all the way up to 40. Connor threw a huge left to start off um, and missed, but kind of made contact with his hip into Cowboy's face. Then he got the overhook with his right hand and started hitting him with four shoulder strikes in a row. You could see him lower his body to jump up with more power straight into Homeboy's nose. Yeah, he basically broke Cowboy's nose with his shoulder, which is insane. And then Cowboy retreats back and throws his typical, like, uh, strong side head kick. And Connor immediately just blocks it and with perfect timing hits him back with a head kick and knocks Cowboy down, follows him to the ground, and just, you know, uh, strikes till finishes right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, super sad for Cowboy, but Connor McGregor just uh, excels yet again. And it's a. Wonderful, spectacular fashion. Want to say real fast, too, that what was pretty cool. Number one, that nobody really has brought up, so I think this is unique to Holding Hands and Throwing Fists podcast, and we haven't even spoken about it. But the fight ended with four minutes and 20 seconds left in round one. So I think when Conor McGregor eventually starts making proper 12 marijuana, they should do that (laughs) snapshot. (laughs) Only you. And that's why no one else. Only you. That's why no one else is talking about it. Um, and then the last thing we want to say about the 40 seconds is that his homeboy, James Gallagher, who also fights at a SBG, uh, we've probably talked about him before because we were going to go to Ireland to see him headline a Bellator uh, card. They asked him the week before the fight, how do you predict the fight going? And he literally, he's such a awesome, cocky little Irish dude. He's like a <laughs> mini Connor. And you can't blame him for being... Um, you can't blame him for looking up to Connor. He's grown up in the gym with him literally from being a teenager. And uh, they ask him, how's it going to end? And he goes, Connor will knock him out in 40 seconds. And that's exactly what happened. So forget Mystic Mac. Yeah. Mystic James. 
another just something I think is worth mentioning when we were watching Connor come out and like in the locker room, both Eleni and I had the same reaction. We were just like, holy shit, D Devlin, Connor's longtime girlfriend, is on fire. <laughs> For real, she had this like green, yellow, black tie-dye-ish dress, but it was short-sleeved and fitted. Her hair was right in curls. Like, Dee always just looks whatever, but she knew. She knew. Tonight was the night. Show the world. Two kids. Her. Mm-hmm. Her man has been kind of shat on quite a lot. She's like, nah, we're all coming out as a fan. Also, you've been pointing this out for years that uh, D is a pretty girl, um, but whoever posts Connor's pictures, which I'm assuming is Connor and also other people or whatever, they post pictures with her in the background and she's like never ready to take the picture and she always looks terrible. And that's something that you notice that I think is funny because now I can't unsee it. That There's so many terrible pictures of her. If so. you want to play the Zoom game on someone, go to Connor's Instagram page and zoom in on Dee's face. And it's not that she's not good looking at all. No, and it's not that she even looks necessarily bad. But we've all been there where you look at the picture someone took and you're like, no, don't post that one. Or delete yeah. that one. And, and every single one Connor posts of D, I would have said delete that. Yeah, <laughs> basically. All right, um, I think we're going to start a new segment uh, that we're officially going to call Phone a Friend, but uh, that's my f uh, fancy way of saying fan questions. So yeah. insert music here. <laughs> All right. We actually didn't ask for fan questions, which is really nice. So if you do have any questions or things you want us to talk about, hit us up because... We'll clearly talk. Our first fan question comes from Patrick Grady from Levittown. He's a longtime listener, but first-time caller. He had a nice question to kick off this Connor run. George, what... Well, he wanted both of us, but what are our predictions for who Connor fights next and who will win? Okay. I'm just going to do process of elimination, and I'm going to do it quick, right? Uh, he can't fight uh, Khabib or Tony next because they're fighting in April and my life is going to be made complete. <laughs> um, he, I don't think he's going to fight, fight Justin. I think there's it, there's just too much whatever, bad blood and blah, blah, blah. It's just, I don't think it's there. Uh, he's not going to fight Kamaru because Kamaru's hurt. And I just think that Kamaru's kind of... I don't want to say it like this, but I think he's kind of flaky about that shit too. Like, I think he's just whatever. I, I can't. Connor seems like he wants to fight again in March, April, or May, or whatever, like before the, the first half of the year is over. And uh, I don't think that that's going to get signed. The Masvidal thing, I personally don't want to see that fight because I'm really afraid for Connor on that one. <laughs> I just think Masvidal is too much of a tiger right now and he's just too big and, he's, and his striking is actually like. I think out of all those guys is most on par with Connors. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen for whatever, a number of reasons. I think that the safe bet is Nate. I think it's, pro it's probably going to happen. It's there. I think also everyone's been saying for years that Nate trilogy fights always there, that Nate trilogy fights over there. I don't know. I'm not as hyped about it. And I don't think that people even are. I've been seeing a lot of the Twitter uh, surveys where they're like asking, who do you think you should fight next? And he's not, one or two right. or three like so get it now while you still can because then if he, he's also 
bringing up rematches with Khabib and Floyd, which I don't have a problem with either, whatever. But then if he wins both of them, then there's possible trilogy fights and stuff like that. So if you're thinking multiple trilogy fights and you're Conor McGregor, get out this Nate Diaz thing and move on. I decided I personally, who I want him to win, because I want the Conor, like selected type opponents and gravy train to continue. I want to see him fight Dustin or Max again. They fought, he fought both of them when they were both babies, and now they've done their own things, both of them. They're super, super successful. And I think it's fun fights, and I think it's winnable for Connor, but I also think there's redemption there for both Max and Dustin, and I think that's pretty cool. That's that's really good. Thanks. Um, I don't really know who I would say. Most of what you said I agree with. I am not interested in Nate, but here's the thing. Why would he fight Nate when Masvidal just beat Nate? And he could potentially fight Masvidal. Precisely. So he should fight Masvidal, but I don't want him to yet. And he doesn't either. When he was asked about it at the post-fight press conference, he said, I still have work to do. So he was giving Masvidal some credit without actually saying it. Masvidal just took it like, oh shit, I'm not getting the fight now. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, we'll see. Here's uh, question number two. We got it from uh, someone named Slick. Uh, so he wanted to bring in a little boxing to the Holding Hands of Dorian Fist podcast, and you know that we're big heavyweight boxing championship fans over here. She said Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 2 is going to be on Saturday, February 22nd. Slick brought up that in a recent interview, Tony, uh, sorry, Tyson Fury <laughs> says that he's been masturbating seven times a day to keep his testosterone levels high. Slick wants to know if there's any scientific research to support this. Well, we may not know off the top of our heads the answer to this, but we are more than willing to do the proper research. From what I found, some research was done in 2001. Research again was done in 2003. Both were contradictory in terms of sexual activity, in terms of T-levels. So sort of useless. The most recent, more confirmed research says that masturbation only affects testosterone levels in minor short-term ways, and actually abstaining may cause spikes in T-levels. So if someone refrains from sexual activity for seven days before a workout, it may help them build muscle faster. So I think our stance here at the Holding Hands and Throwing Fists podcast is, uh, Tyson Fury, it really doesn't matter what you do in terms of masturbation. I thought that our official stance was work it and jerk it. <laughs> or Andreas's, if you don't use it, you lose it. Also, I mean, anytime you get rhyme time going, it's all good. Everyone knows that. <laughs> all right, let's get the, keep the show going with our uh, top five of the week. Top five. We got to start. We already talked about it before, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Connor. So I say, all last week, uh, the persona that he's been playing, he's just been nothing but the perfect gentleman. He's been bringing up his mom. So how could you not, you know, love anyone who's like, I did this for you, ma? <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, and what you know, <laughs> you can't fault him for. No, being no, like I'm that. not saying it in a negative way, but. She's clearly on his mind. But also, there's clearly something going on. Yeah, she's yeah. at all of his fights. She is always um, cage side, and she will, she's not even in Vegas. She's at home. So hopefully everything's 
okay with Connor's mom. Yep. Uh, he was hugging Cowboy's grandma and having like a great interaction, which was really beautiful to watch. Uh, another thing that I thought was really cool, he got interviewed by RTE, I guess, after. Uh, that's it. Or is it RT? It's RTE. Yeah, it was RTE. And I don't think he really gives them the time of day so much anymore. Uh, yeah. An Irish news outlet. So he said that he wants to make the Irish people proud and he thanks them for calling him out uh, when he hasn't represented them well. And he just always said, like, at least on Saturday night, he said multiple times, like, he wanted to make the Irish people proud. And uh, he kept bringing up Ireland and stuff like that. So it's good to see him, you know, um, kind of take that sort of all week. He, he didn't do anything really kind of fucked up. And even in victory, like, he was humble in victory, like his old catchphrase was back in the day, humble in victory and in defeat. Um, so all the other stuff is cool. The throwing dollies through buses and all that stuff is exciting. But like, there's nothing as exciting as Connor like just winning a fight in devastating fashion like he did. And also, there's just like something. I don't know how he does it, but there's something magical about it. About how he does go. Like we were just literally there in awe. And I think, do we have audio of us watching the whole fight? I bet you you could give them some taste of what it sounded like here in Brick Park watching the fight. I think 40 seconds could suffice. I think so. Oh! Wow. Those are shoulders? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh shit. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, you got us up to fight. Oh my god! Next on our top five is actually, I don't think we even brought um, this fighter up last episode. His name is Brian Kelleher. He was supposed to be on the prelims, but because... Um, Alexa Grasso missed weight by six pounds. The fight was off, and so his fight moved up from the prelims to the main card, which is already kind of crazy just for so many different reasons. Mainly, the time of the fight now changes um, because it's much later, and just more people will be watching, so more pressure. But we were definitely rooting for him. He's from Long Island. His last win was almost two years ago. Like, he's definitely, like, been written off a little bit. But he won. The His opponent foot-tapped. Like, I have never seen someone tap out with their foot before. Have you? Yeah, I've done it a bunch of oh, times. Oh, you've done yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, then you've seen it, too. Um, and he won performance of the night bonus, so definitely worthy of our top five. Yeah, uh, super cool. He was uh, very exciting to watch. He actually got the uh, guillotine, and uh, both of the other guys' arms were in the uh, the guillotine, so he literally couldn't tap with his hands. Like it was, it was pretty cool. Sometimes you tap in the gym with your foot just because it's like easier, and both of your hands are kind of based out or whatever. But you could tap with your hands if you needed to. This guy, his hands were trapped. He had to tap with his leg, which is pretty cool. Um, and then also shout out to Brian Keller for hitting up our boy Hoops. 
because he said in an interview after the fight that uh, after he won, he went to go to the M&M store uh, <laughs> in honor of Chase Hooper. As uh, as you guys know, we're big Chase Hooper fans. He's only, what, 20 years old now? Uh, yeah. So after winning his recent fight a couple months ago, he couldn't go anywhere in Vegas to party. So he went to the M&M store and got some candy. So Brian Keller threw a little uh, love towards Hoop's ways, and uh, that's pretty cool. Always. Number three on top five, we want to give a quick shout out to Diego Fiera, uh, or D- Diego Ferreira. Uh, yes. He's from Brazil. He won his fight um, against Anthony Pettis. We gave Anthony Pettis a huge shout out last week because he's a veteran of the game and he deserved it. But uh, Ferreira is also a veteran too, man. He's been crafty and he won uh, via a really cool uh, uh, rear naked choke, but it was kind of angled off. It was super, super cool to watch and good for him. He's been in UFC for six years already. He's 17-2 and two and has only lost to Dustin Poirier by knockout. No shame there. And my boy, Benil Dariush, via un- unanimous decision. He's on a six-fight win streak, and he hasn't really beat the best of the best, like, whatever, out of his 17 wins. But Pettis is a huge feather in his cap. And I don't really... I haven't really heard about him much. I've probably maybe seen one of his fights and not even know noticed it. But good for him, man. His... Kid was on Embedded. He was a little cute boy, like just a few years old. But actually, now I think his other older son was the one whose shoulders his little son was on. Oh, maybe that makes yeah. that makes sense actually. So both his kids were on Embedded. That <laughs> makes sense why he wrote that. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets on the on the scale uh, to weigh in for the actual fight, his little boy uh, goes, "I love you, Daddy." <laughs> he like points to each other and has a real cute moment. We put it on the Holding Hands and uh, Throwing Fists uh, Instagram story because it was just super cute and we wanted to call it out. And then he reposted it and liked it and said, like, really cute comment, like, my boys or something, my life. Right. So uh, shout out to Diego Fajara. We're new fans of him. And also just want to say that the biggest success that he got is that I talked to Larry from the gym this morning and he was really impressed with his skills. So Diego, if you're listening to this, Larry, he said you did great, man. I think you switched the names there, friend. Whatever. (laughs) It's all right. If you saw Larry, he would think that Larry was great, too, (laughs) as much as I do. Uh, Am I going next with the the next guy in this top five? It's getting a little weird. Yeah, you can go. Let's make this one fast. There's really not a whole ton to say. Kevin Lee is awesome because after all the honeymoon period of like, oh, wow, what a great weekend. UFC 246. Connor's back. There's all these choices. He went on Ariel Hawani's show today. Our boy Kevin Lee, who you remember because he had a great head kick knockout of um, your boy Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> a couple months ago and he just went out and he called everybody out he's like Connor's fucking whack Tony's fucking whack Khabib's fucking whack Masvidal you've been around talking shit about all these people doing the things that you're doing right now you're fucking whack <laughs> and he just sounds hungry and ready to fucking fight and I'm a fan of Kevin Lee and like let's get it going so move on to fucking number five let's go I'm hyped now you are so <laughs> fucking hyped right now we gotta beat right. 20 minutes we're doing it number five is something we, I think, talked about briefly before, but I didn't realize it. So Michael Bisbing wrote a book. We mentioned it briefly because I bought it on my Kindle, but it was the UK edition. So it's finally out in America. So um, you could definitely pick it up. What did you say it's called again? Because Quitters we, never win. That's it. We, we <laughs> definitely mentioned that title before. Uh, we just learned that Bisbing was told for the American audience he had to add more, like, what anecdotals and 
like bullshit to the story <laughs> like how american oh, so boy. if you can you should probably get the uk version like me um definitely a big deal because billy who uh, i don't think has read a book no not i don't think he hasn't really read a book since the outsiders in like the eighth grade he read maybe two more mm-hmm. one about a navy seal one about the fbi um, he said he would read it. So if that's not an endorsement for a book, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty big deal indeed. All these guys, I keep thinking about it as fighting. Is like they're all like an archetype of like a character. Like Connor represents like the fighting Irish, right? Uh, Donald Cerrone, obviously like the rogue American cowboy. Bisping is like the archetype of the English hooligan who should be in a Guy Ritchie movie. And uh, he's just a fucking awesome dude. So I, we're going to read his book. We're going to do the book club for sure. Um wouldn't be an episode without mentioning a nice guy, would it? Nope. So we've rounded out our top five, but just quick nice guy mention. And you've already brought him up before. Max Holloway, ever the nice guy. Yep. Like, I would almost like to see him not be a nice guy. But <laughs> he tweeted out something. You're the twat. Yeah. Why don't you share? <laughs> Congrats to the notorious MMA. Good to see Mystic Mac is back in proper form. Enjoy the after party at Win Las Vegas. Not too much. <laughs> so cute. Such a dad thing to say. Clever to throw in proper form. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good fight weekend. Yeah, and we're excited to see what's next. Um, we just want to say thank you to everyone. Uh, you know, we like we said earlier, we committed to 10 episodes. And uh, this is it. So I think we're just going to sign off here. For this season. So uh, this is a successful season finale. (laughs) As Patrick would say. As your brother would say. (laughs) And uh, stay tuned for details about season two coming at you soon. This episode was brought to you by a true sportsman. Andreas, you're a champion.